Hey, what's going on, parents? Welcome back to Teenager Tuesday. I'm back again with one and only Brock Yonke. Hello, hey. Pastor Brock. I'm doing all right, Will. How are you doing, <laughs> I'm sir? Good. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> uh, we are in the uh, part two of a four-part series on failure, on uh, trying to equip and uh, just kind of walk parents through failure itself. Um, and today, and, and how to walk your teenager through that. And today, we're going to be talking about like what is success, what is failure, why, what maybe what leads a student to thinking that they're a failure, um, like that. In fact, the very first question that I kind of want to answer is, what is success to Gen Z? What is success to Gen Z? Because um, for baby boomers, I'm just kidding. No, you're Gen X. I don't know what I am. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. But you're something. You're not yeah. a millennial. I'm a, I'm a something, my wife says. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, research says that according to baby boomers and even Gen X, that the picture of the American dream was success of having the house with the white picket fence and uh, you're married with a couple kids, you know, it, it, you've got a good paying job and retirement like that. That was success. But now uh, it's kind of weird. This research, this nationwide poll was taken of Gen Z and asked, like, how do you define success? And 90 percent like it wasn't a big variant. Ninety percent of them said that happiness, happiness is success. Which is so broad yeah, and fleeting. And what if you find happiness in doing immoral things? Like then it's that success, you know, or like what if you find happiness in something that isn't God's uh, purpose for your life? Like, but, but 90% of those surveys said that happiness was success for them. And unfortunately, like this is such a too broad of a definition. And it seems like that is like an ever-changing definition. It's it's a moving target for sure. Yeah, it is. Um, So, you know, that just makes, I think, so many young people even more vulnerable to, uh, to just shots of failure coming to their identity. Not not failing at things and not hurting, but identifying themselves as a failure because they're not happy all the time. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the next question would then be, what kinds of failure are they afraid of? Yeah. Because uh, I think yeah. as you look at that and, and you think about maybe with your student, with you, what are you most afraid of? What kind of failure are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. And so there was a, a a survey done of about 5,700 teens on stageoflife.com. Okay. And they said that <clears throat> the number one fear that teens have is poor academic performance or not getting good grades. Like 75% of kids <laughs> said that there's a performance yeah. aspect in school. Uh, 66% said that future, uh, and they could choose multiple things, obviously, because yeah. the math is not going to add up here. Yeah. The future or, or life after graduation was okay. afraid of not doing yeah. well there. And it's funny, probably parents are also afraid for them, for those two things. Yeah, I, I would agree <laughs> right? so. Uh, yeah. And then another one, 54% said having to audition or try it in order to be a part of something, like a mm. musical or for a sport or a team or something like that. Yeah. So that's in this area, that's pretty prevalent. That And just the sheer numbers of people trying out for things, and so you'd think failure would yeah. be a high probability for kids. Yeah, I mean, the, the even Frisco has a bunch of medium-sized schools, but medium-sized schools like 2,000 people. Yeah, I heard the other day that some parent was talking to me, their son tried out for the basketball team. Yeah. And think about a basketball team. There's really typically three teams, and so uh, about 12 kids per team, yep. 36 kids, 99 kids tried out. Wow. So way more didn't yeah. make it than didn't make it. Yeah, that's two-thirds. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. You're a mathematician. <laughs> Thank and you. So, and then the last one is that there's peer pressure not fitting in with people at school mm. is, a, is a big, uh, yeah. something they're afraid of. Well, that's great. I'm a little surprised that's 
fourth on the four, uh, fourth on the uh, item list there. Yeah, like that's that, that's funny. I would have guessed that would be like second. Because you think with all the the interconnectedness of social media, mm-hmm. that would be a lot higher. Yeah. Um, and so, really, it seems like what this is saying is their number one fear is not living up to other people's standards or expectations. Mm. So they're thinking what maybe parents think about them, schools think about them, teams think about them, and they're afraid about not living up to those standards. And so the questions we have to ask them maybe are whose standards are they living up to? Yeah. Uh, What is beneath that insecurity or why is that such a strong pull for them? Mm -hmm. And why does that idea of failure translates so much into the notion not just of failure but being a failure as we talked about before and so those are some questions to look at and realizing those are the things that they really are afraid of failing at yeah so they have this definition of success it's way too broad happiness that is i mean you know even in california it rains sometimes so it can't be sunny every day in your life right um i don't know i don't live in california but thank you though i was just there oh it's nice fancy it's nice um my sister lives there Y'all have to know that. Okay, <laughs> off track. Um, and then, and then you kind of talked about, hey, here are some some ways that research shows. So that success. Here are some things that they say are failures. Correct. So, so now another question for today is why? Like you talked about that again of identity of of them having an identity of, of failure. Why does my team think uh, that they are a failure? Yeah. Why do Why does he think that? Why does she think they are a failure instead of they have failed before? Um, a, a Dutch priest who's actually one of your favorite authors. If not the favorite author of all yeah. time. Henry Nouwen. I yes. said it right? Perfect. There you go. Um, well, uh, at one point he wrote, while uh, talking about our identity, he talks about these three main lies that pop up. Uh, one is, I am what I do. Uh, number two, I am what other people say about me. And number three, I am what I have, uh, which reads so much into what you were uh, uh, going through on the research of what Gen Z says makes them a failure. Yeah. Of, like it fits in one of those buckets, all of those things that they said that they were afraid of. And what's so dangerous about these is that it, the these lies give so much power to an identity more than just an action. You know, like I, like I am what I do. Like that's, you know, the book of James says that true, mm. like religion is your actions that prove what you believe, you know? So, yeah. but, but then if you like fail and then the way that you, uh, um, respond from that failure is like proving what I believe about myself is that I am a failure because I am what I do. Correct. You know, like there's so much with that. Um, that, I, I think that might be the most dangerous one for most people. I am what I do. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it doesn't cover everybody. We all probably fit inside of one of these three. Yeah, or, or I am what others say that I am and it, yeah. based upon what I do. It all seems to be interconnected. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like like all these lies like to uh, hang out with each other, you yeah. know, and, and try to trick so many of our, our students, so many of, so many of our teens. Um, I mean, something I wrote down that I, I thought was so good as it pertains to this is uh, they may, like our students, may start believing that failure is something inside of them and a part of their identity. Uh, and when they fail, that's confirmation. That's confirmation in who they are. Right. It's not something that they can get better. It's not something that... Um, it's almost like here's the cards that you were dealt, and if you if you do them poorly, like those are, that's it. 
Right. Like it's over for you because you are a failure. So if we are what we do, then we fail, then we become failures. Yeah. And then a lot of times as we're dealing with that, we develop bad coping mechanisms to deal with that failure. Mm. And I think one of the things that I love about Henry Nowen is he tried to go back and say, we've got to get beneath all that stuff and uh, identify who we truly are. Yeah. And so in his books, he always talks about that true voice. And so one of the times he writes about in Jesus is when he was out in the wilderness and being tempted. Um, he says, <clears throat> as you look at Matthew chapter three, verses 16 through 17, it says, yeah. as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened up and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and, and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Hmm. And according to now, and that's the foundation of, of, of who we really are. Hmm. You are his child. Yeah. He loves you. Yeah. He's well pleased. Has nothing to do with any, our performance, who we're connected with, what we do. It's just all about who we are because of what Jesus did for us. Yeah. So now one says that if we can get that idea down inside us, then we can really navigate life well because failure doesn't define us. God's love for us defines us. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and now when at one point in time had so much success in his life and realized that was a trap <laughs> and went back to doing a lot less in terms of success in the eyes of the world, yeah. but just believing what God said about him. And yeah. so that's what we're after with our teenagers yeah. is can we get them, can we get ourselves to believe in this truth that we are loved just because of God and what he did for us? Yeah, that's good. Something I try to tell teens that if I feel like they're just trying to be a good person, I try to tell them, uh, like, God cares more about who you are than what you do. Yeah. God cares more about who you are than what you do. Who you are than what you do. Yeah. Um, and who you are is Christ's beloved. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's all for this week. Uh, like we said, last week, we'll have uh, some takeaways for you every single week, um, some homework that you can do. And uh, next week, we're going to get a, a bit more practical. We've kind of been talking about the idea and kind of pulling on that tension. Um, so uh, going on from here, I've got some home homework for you. Uh, observe your teen or even talk with them about which lie, which of those three lies do they kind of lean into more or believe more often, or, or, you know, maybe you can even ask them, um, I am what I do. I am what other people say about me, or I am what I have. I am what I have. Um, so we love y'all, man. I'm excited for next week as we kind of talk even more practical stuff. And then we have a bonus on the fourth week. Ooh. I say bonus. I said it last week is four weeks, so not really bonus. Anyways, all right. signing off this week. <laughs> Remember you can do this and you're not alone. Yeah. God's with you. And so are we have a great week.